Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Happy after, happy Friday, happy afternoon. Today, we're going to actually review the AEW Rampage episode from 225 of this great year of 2022. I'm the one, the only Yankee Cowboy, Tim Wilkins. Today, honestly, before I start off on this review, I just want to say that legitimately and honestly, as a wrestling fan, it has come to my attention that Tony Khan has no clue what the hell he is doing with any ounce of talent that he has. And it's scary to think about. Because, guys, if you watched AEW for the last year and a half, during the pandemic included, this man is a hotshot, lazy booker. Lazy. Lazy booking. Everything he does, no hype, no buildup, no money sell, nothing. Everything looks like complete trash. On 225 Rampage, there's no exception to this. It is the typical style of Tony Khan to do exactly that. And that's lazy booking, hot shot, after, some kind of promo or after segment after every match. Can't finish it clean, can't finish nothing. There's no hype train, any of this kind of on any of these matches whatsoever. There's no explanation behind why anything is going on. It's just how you have to assume everything is going on. Sorry, that doesn't sell ratings. And obviously it shows because this show, unlike every other show that AEW does, can't draw a rating above a one. Period. Anyone thinks for one second that he can, 1.0 is a good thing on television, on a national television show, on TNT, and TBS, it is a sad, sad state of affairs. This 225 episode is no exception. And I'll give you one recommendation, Tony. As a wrestling fan, hire a booker. I cannot go into which one. It could be Ric Flair. It could be Tully Blanchard. It could be Arn Anderson. It could be Shane McMahon. But please, for the love of God, for all things holy in this world, hire a booker so you can actually promote and actually do the right things with all the talent that you have been having and signed. I'm sorry to say this. You have some of the greatest talent signed to your roster and have misused every single one of them besides two people. And the only reason why is because they take complete control of their creative. CM Punk, Brian Danielson. They take complete full control of their creative. Everybody else has been at the indisposable stupidity of Tony Khan's book. 225 is no exception. Let's kick this off with a Sammy Guevara versus Andre El Idolo. For the TNT Championship match. Surprised why this is even a thing. There's no explanation why Andrade is even in against Sammy Guevara. Other than just a match on a te an hour-long television show. Great 12 to 15 minute set, uh, 12 to 15 minute match. Very, very not old school uh, match style. It's more of a contemporary style with a lot of gymnastics. With uh, Sammy Guevara doing some spots. Nothing out of the ordinary, just Sammy Guevara taking years off his life. Just 12, 15 minutes of the opening segment to try to draw a rating. Nothing impressive. Sammy Guevara retains, obviously with the lazy booking by Tony Khan. We go into this Matt Hardy attacks Guevara, and then Darby Allen and Sting have to run in and make the save. Lazy booking. Prime example of the lazy afterbirth nonsense that we've seen week after week after week. By this show, it makes zero sense. 
followed by another segment that comes after the commercial break. We open back up with QT Marshall, who last time I checked is a nobody. Okay, if you list off the wrestlers in the last 20 years, QT Marshall, 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 whatever the hell you want to call him, is a nobody. He might be great behind the scenes. Who knows? But he's a terrible in-ring performer. Great trainer. Terrible promo. Obviously, terrible show writer. If he if this is be true by all the all the rumors and everything else that he's in actively involved with Tony Khan on putting the show in and out of breaks and putting the show together, he's doing a terrible job for a show that has all this talent. Period. Obviously, with this segment, it opens up with QT Marshall uh, on the commercial commercial break, calling out Hook, who is anyone that knows Taz, that's Taz's son, and they've been spending a, a year long nonsense of. Him falling around his dad and, you know, the FTR, I'm sorry, FTW championship or whatever the hell they want to call it that Taz made famous in ECW. Just a joke. Just an overall joke of a segment here. Uh, Marshall said that Hook should come out here and say thank you for all the things he's done for him. Give me a break, dude. What another waste of 10 to 12 minutes on national television. I'm not even going to give this any more of what it has to be done because this show was downright terrible from top to bottom other than two segments. And the opening segment was one of them, which I gave that like a six out of 10. It's just this segment's a joke and it's a typical booking style where you go from a promo or a segment on on the, on the inside the ring to a promo segment pre-recorded with Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. Prime example, Dan Lambert, why the hell are you on national television? No one gives a flying shit about what you do. Obviously, the people that that you have talent with, with American Top Team, I get it. You're a great trainer. I get it. You want to be a heel promo. I get it. You want to be a fake Jim Cornette. I get that, too. But the two guys you're with, Scorpio Sky, no one's seen the ring for the last six months. And Ethan Page, no one gives a shit about. Wasting TV time. Just a waste of TV time. Just another waste of TV time. Another waste of the other TV time is the next match, which is Wardlow versus Nick Camarado, which is a squash match. And the only reason why this might be effective for anyone that owns a television screen is to watch how to effectively do a powerbomb to a six-foot-two guy that's the same size as the guy giving the powerbomb. It is by far one of the worst four, five, six-minute squash matches I've ever seen. Only good use out of it was watching possibly Warlow just deck Sean Spears in the face. But, you know, that's another waste of time, too. You know, the pinnacle was supposed to be something that was almost reminiscing of, you know, evolution and some of the four horsemen. MJF, Warlow, FTR, one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team in professional wrestling today. Now we get to watch this nonsense. This is ridiculous. Obviously, after the squash match by Nick Camarado, typical lazy booking by Tony Khan. Let's go and do two squash matches back-to-back, shall we? Because that doesn't make anything any sense whatsoever. And, you know, it's just flat-out just stupid, stupid booking. Next match, which, by the way... 
this day, I, I have no problems with the next two people of this match. It's Serena Deeb in, in her five-minute challenge defeats Kayla Sparks. Kayla Sparks is an up-and-coming independent talent. Serena Deeb is a well-seasoned veteran. She's obviously building herself into a great heel. Getting ready for the program probably, hopefully, with Thunder Rosa here sooner rather than later because that or go against Jade Cargill, put that match together because, God help us, we need a not botch fest match one, one of these days. Uh, quick quick finish, two botch matches put together, and then we're going to go to the, another segment because, you know, whoever writes this concept is has the mind of a freaking five-year-old. Let's go into the next car is the AEW World, World Championship match contract signing between Thunder Rosa and DMD Britt Baker. Britt Baker is an amazing promo, a haphazard talent when it comes to the ring ability. If you watch the ring ability, she's a botch fest or a spot fest. It is one or the other, ladies and gentlemen, and I love what she does on a promo, but when it comes to her in-ring ability, if she's not with somebody that can carry her through the match and keep make sure she is where she is and needs to be, it looks like crap. And Thunder Rosa, phenomenal talent. Phenomenal talent. No question. Her and Serena Deeb, if that program happens, phenomenal time. Heck, even Mercedes Martinez. That might be amazing. If she does a does a heel turn or does a face turn and, and go and go heel and go against Thunder Rosa. That would be another great opportunity to draw a rating. Put two seasoned veterans together that know how to put a match together. You don't have to have the hardcore use weapons. I gotta slice my head open with a freaking blade and do all that crap. Put a match together. You're professional wrestlers. Tell a story with your bodies. That's what you're supposed to do. But yeah, in this promo segment, Thunder Rosa does a typical babyface promo. Give people what they want. Rip Baker does a typical all-over-the-place promo trying to tell a story. And, uh, Personally, Britt Baker has been concussed more than the Varsity Blues player. I'm sorry for the, the big offensive lineman from the Varsity Blues. And it, it is, if it's if it's not for quality of talent that Thunder Rosa is in the ring, this match is going to look like a complete botch fest. And the only person that could save, save that and keep the match together would be Thunder Rosa. So you got to have to give that opportunity where it lies and watch the match. This segment, just another crap fest. Because Baker, they they start they do a little bit of an afterbirth thing. They bring a table in. Uh, they put the you know it's a contract signing of tables inside the ring. Uh, Thunder Rosa dives across the table against onto Baker. Hater and Rebel interfere or intervene. Mercedes Martinez throws uh, Hater through the table. Very just. All over the place segment, which I'm not impressed with. I, I just don't get. I didn't get the Britt Baker promo when she says one of the lines, "We made history and you won." So why was everybody talking about me? Well, because you're the champion, and you can conduct yourself with a good promo. The last match of the night, which thank God for this stupidity to be over with, is you know Pockets, aka Orange Cassidy versus Anthony Bowens. 
in a face of the Revolution ladder qualifying match for the paper at the pay-per-view. Whoever wins obviously goes into the ladder match. Um, which, if you look at the structure of that match and who the candidates are who have won those qualifying matches, it's all big man plus two small guys. Which, obviously, the winner here is uh, Orange Cassidy, and he goes against in the face of the ladder match, uh, the face of the, uh, the the face of face of the Revolution ladder match. Excuse my language. Goes into that match against Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Starks, and Orange Cassidy. And a couple other contestants I think they might name later. Um, but seriously, three big guys versus two small ones? Hello. What a waste of time this is going to be to watch. But, yeah, I appreciate the review. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to listen. hope you guys appreciate the listen. I know it's a quick 12-minute listen. But, yeah, this out, downright just crappy, downright sh- uh, just terrible booking by Tony Khan. He needs to downright just hire Ric Flair, hire one of these old season guys, and let's let him book. Let them have let these let these talents develop and storylines that make sense and understand you can follow the pendulum and how things go. Other than this crap, this is downright disrespectful for the industry and uh, what and the fans as well. So I just want to say thank you guys for the listen. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Have a great day, guys. Appreciate it.